By now, I've told you guys about taking care of your ball hairs, let's face it. But there's much more to the Manscaped package than just an amazing trimmer. They also come with a bunch of amazing things, including some ball deodorant that is anti-chafe to make sure you stay fresh and don't get anything weird going on. No funkiness down there when you're going for your long walks in quarantine. They also even have a spray-on ball toner and refresher to keep you nice and clean down there. Keep everything the way it needs to be looking right. So be sure to get on this while you still can. You can get 20% off and free shipping when you use code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. It's a great deal and it still does come with that lawnmower 3.0 trimmer to make sure you are looking right down there. Just get on the deal while you can. It even comes with an amazing carrying case when you purchase the whole box together. Let's get into the show. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have over a thousand different varieties of beer for you to try, as well as wines and liquors from around the world at their two convenient locations, one in Highlands Ranch, one in Centennial. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. This is the Avs podcast, and we wanted to kind of start off a bit where we left off with our other podcast talking about Shane Bowers and Martin Kaut, but moving more towards Connor Timmins. And this is a multifaceted conversation. First, with the news that the CHL has officially canceled their season, including playoffs at this point, that puts another person ahead of Timmins and Bowen Byram. Very likely, if there is NHL hockey to return this year, Byram is likely ahead of on the list of Timmins. I don't know if Byrams will get into games, but it, the path for Timmons is very quickly getting crowded. It's, I mean, this was always, this was always coming, right? This conversation was always coming. Yeah. It's just kind of here now, but it seems, it seems like to me that you can't keep Byram out. Because of the rules, and and I guess the other the other wrinkle in this is that the CHL uh, NHL agreement expires this summer. So if there yeah. are if there are no major structural changes to it, and Byram is still WHL or bust, you know WHL or NHL only, uh, and let's let's clear this up really quickly. Those are his only options. He's not AHL eligible. Yeah. Um, he only has three, what what they count as three accrued seasons in the WHL, even though he's appeared in four seasons. The first year does not count as an actual accrued WHL season because he was called up from, what was it, like his midget team or whatever it was. For like five games or whatever. Yeah, yeah. he played, He I think it was like 11 games played, but it was not, it, it does not count as an accrued season um, in the same way that, they just did the same thing this year with uh, Matthew Savoie, where yep. they they kind of granted him exceptional status. Pseudo exceptional, yeah, yeah. Without giving him exceptional status, they kind of used they massage the rules a little bit to uh, to allow him to play. Um, so it's it's Byram Byram does not have four WHL seasons. He has three uh, that actually count as three seasons and. So that means that he is he is NHL or WHL. We talked this year about hey he's going to go back. It's this is not going to be incredibly useful for him, 
but it will be, he can still get something out of this. Right. I don't I don't see that being the case next year. I don't see him having anything left to do in the WHL. Yeah, I 100% agree. I I think he's pretty much destined for the NHL roster um barring something weird happening and if he's not if for whatever reason he can't hack it, I think maybe he should consider going to Europe or something like that. Uh just to play in a pro league type of situation, mm-hmm. but I honestly that not even worth thinking about that too much because I would say odds are very, very high. He's in the NHL next year. Yeah. Would, would he have to get released from the WHL to be able to go over to play? I don't believe so. I believe he can go over and play Freely. because it it's a professional league, right? Like he can go play over there. I, there are weird rules in the European leagues about foreigners playing. It's why when Matthews did it, he had to wait until he turned 18. But mm-hmm. Byram is old enough, so it's a non-issue. Yeah. yeah um, I I just think, like, boy, that would be an out of that – would, that would be a very unexpected. Right. It's a fun thing I like to entertain, but it's pretty unrealistic for him to do that. And, you know, barring just catastrophe and in, in tr- whatever training camp ends up being with the season that they have next year, I have to think they're going to give him every opportunity to make the NHL team. Yeah. Uh, I really can't. I just can't see this playing out any other way other than Byram. I mean, they tried so hard to give Byram every single opportunity this year. Uh, and he just did not have a very good preseason. Got a little bit better as it went, but it was obvious that he just wasn't, he was not there. He was not where he needed to be. Goes back fine. He's having, he had the year that he had where it was a a slower start offensively in the first half of the year, and then he exploded in the second half. Yeah. Um, and it just really, it really drove home the point that there's nothing left for him in that league there's there's nothing to gain and maybe they maybe that that some of the rules do change and he is ahl eligible which would change this whole equation a lot because if that if that happens i'm inclined to put him there at least to start the year and then you might put timmins you might have timmins ahead of him in in terms of making the nhl roster right away yeah uh i mean to be clear the CHL is very, very adamant about that not happening, so I don't think that it will. Mm-hmm. But if it does happen, that is the other side of the coin. Byram couldn't make the NHL roster this season, and that spot out of camp was given to Connor Timmins. He got into two NHL games at the start of the year that he earned. Now he spent the rest of the year in the AHL, but certainly, especially with what we know about the Avs valuing that experience a bit more, that's where Timmons might have the inside line. Yeah, I think the the problem is that the the experience it wasn't enough experience. Yeah, I would probably tend to agree with you, especially given all the time he missed in the AHL with a lower body injury this year as well. This is what I'm saying. Forty games played this year. He has forty yeah. games. He turned pro, and he has forty AHL games and two NHL games. Because obviously that whole missed season really hurts him. But you're, you know, even in even in 2017-18, his last junior year, you know, he did not have a ton of games that year. So this is this is a guy that has not gotten into lots and lots and lots of games, really since 2016-17, and. I think that, you know, I just, he's got the pro experience, you know, of 40 games. He did play well. He was quite productive. I I do think that there is plenty for him to continue to get out of the AHL next year. Not the entire season. I would not want that. But I think after having watched what Martin Kaut kind of, how he developed and the way that he worked his way into it, it's hard to say that the Avs did not do well there. 
and he got rewarded. And then obviously the contract came into it, but we know that if there was no contract to worry about with Cout, he would have been on the roster the rest of the season. Yep. And it's been a interesting evolution there because before Cout, the year before was Ryan Graves, where it was kind of the same situation where they were trying to protect him from waivers. Mm -hmm. And ultimately they ended up sticking him on the roster. So, yep. And um, was a healthy scratch the entire playoffs. You know, they got healthy on the back end and he just did not, he did not slide into any role and then stuck around and then went into training camp in a battle for that, for a position, won that job, won a job, and then slowly worked his way into the lineup. So we're seeing this now to a couple of years in a row where, okay, they feel that this guy is ready. They give this guy a look. He does well with it. You have to do well with your opportunity in the NHL is I think what we're looking at here and, and saying, okay, well, you know, you could talk about minutes and roles and different excuses here and there, you know, but ultimately you have to, you have to show well, you've got to play well, you've got to play up to your potential. You've got to make smart decisions. You've got to show that you are uh, worth, worth having around. You have to play well. And that's where, we saw AJ Greer failed uh, in in his multiple call ups. Was hey he didn't get he didn't get any kind of meaningful ice time, but he also didn't do much with it. And the same you could say is with Connor Timmins. We all watched those first two games and said, "Holy smokes, this kid is he is getting run over right now. Like he's just not processing the game the way he should be." Right. And it's it's an interesting comparison as well because the Avs continue to have sec- success with giving guys time in the AHL and then having them look good in the NHL. Compared to that, let's drop Timmins in right away and he didn't look great. So, And that's not to say anything about Timmins. I think he will definitely get another chance in the NHL, but yeah, as you said... Also, his first two truly meaningful games in professional hockey. Yeah, yeah. So... Like, he... Like, let's remember, this dude made his NHL debut before his AHL debut. But I'm just saying that reinforces the Avs' thinking process of let him develop in the AHL for a while first. Mm-hmm. then give them that opportunity to excel in the, the NHL. Definitely. And when you don't have the AHL as an option, as as is the case with a guy like Bowen Byram, you say, okay, well, we think that this kid is such a such a special talent that we're gonna we're gonna let him take the lumps in the NHL while he figures it out. Because yep. there's nothing to be gained for him going back to the WHL. Except he right. gets one year older. Exactly. And again success there with Kale McCarr. Obviously Kale McCarr, an incredibly special player, mm-hmm. but also they, success with the 19-year-old Sam Gerard though. That is true. They traded for Gerard, dropped him right in and and kept him, so they had it, the same they had the same junior or NHL conversation and yep. they said, "You know what? We we like what we've seen. We believe in the talent. Let's just keep him." Now, different situation. They were not competing for a Stanley Cup that year. Or at least that wasn't the the organization's mindset. That was still very much year one of we're still building this. And so it was much easier to keep Sam Gerrard around, right? Really, in that situation. The conversation, the, the reason this conversation is as tough as it is, is because you are competing for a Stanley Cup and it would strike me as unprecedented to go with a defense that young. If they went with both Byram and Timmons in which they would have to clear, they would have to make multiple roster moves in order to do that. Right. I mean, the most straightforward way to go with both Byram and Timmons would be to get rid of Cole and Zadorov. Right. And you're talking about, yes, or you have keep to... one as a healthy scratch, like keep right, Ian sure. Cole... one can be the seventh D or whatever. Exactly. Keeping Ian Cole around as your, as your healthy scratch, I think would be a very wise move. Yeah. But on this, at the same time, given the year that he's had one year left on his contract, the dearth of quality defensemen around the NHL, you can absolutely, value, yeah, you can 
absolutely bet that he has trade value around the league and that you can at least get a second or a third round pick in exchange for him just on his own. It's, and that's, if you do that, your defense, as you said, you have EJ who's a bit older, but that Gerard young mm twenties, McCarr young twenties, Byram 19, Timmons 21. Yeah. And then it would be Graves. Who's 25, 26, I think. Yeah. Um, so uh, unbelievably young defense at that point. Right. Like, and like I said, for a cup contender is basically unprecedented. Yep. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap up our first period there. If the Evs do trade a defenseman for some picks, it would be very interesting if they got a first rounder based on the conversation we're about to have. But first, Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. Be sure to check them out as they are still open. You can still get pickup from their farmhouse location. If you call 303-803-1380 to set that up, or you can use the Drizzly app to get your Breck beers delivered right to your door, particularly the 15-can sampler is a great way to go as it gives you a wide range of the Breckenridge beers to try, including the Vanilla Porter Jr., Strawberry Sky, Hot Peak, Avalanche Amber, and their new seasonal, which is the Raspberry, I believe. So definitely give that a try while you still can. It's canceled. (laughs) <laughs> I sure hope not, but unfortunately, that might be the reality. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Had an interesting conversation before the show. AJ, I'm not sure who was talking to you about this, but if ultimately the NHL season does end up getting canceled, is there a conversation about the draft and the draft lottery odds? Because if no one wins the cup, then how do you really decide a winner of the season? Right. So this, uh, I got a tweet from John Reed who says, uh, if they straight cancel the season, they should do a, a straight even draft lottery as well. Contenders shouldn't be punished while the doormats aren't. The abs are losing a contender here. And I thought that was actually a really interesting point because teams that are going for it, teams that are going for the cup this year, you know, made moves at the deadline. You know, the abs, the abs gave away a fourth round pick for Vladislav Domestikov. And while it went well enough that we will, we all feel great about it right now, you know, like, Oh, Hey, it worked out and it was a good move and blah, 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 blah. If he turns around and leaves in UFA and there are no postseason games played, you got you got nothing that you wanted out of that. You didn't even get to, to, to go to make a run for the cup. Yep. And I think it would be an interesting point to 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 have to, to to raise to the league and say, hey, we did not, you know, we were a contending team that we're not messing around with tanking. We're not trying to lose games. We're not playing for draft picks. We're playing for the cup, and that didn't get awarded this year. So we should be at least in play for a chance to win the lottery and to get a high draft pick so that our season can, we can say, Hey, this is what we got out of it. And I think, I think that there's a pretty legitimate argument. You know, you'd have to throw all 31 teams into the, into the mix, but so what? Yeah. And you'd have to, you couldn't be flat level all the way through. I don't think, yes, the teams at the top, didn't get the chance to win the cup, but at the same time, you're talking about adding a Lafreniere or a Byfield to Boston, and that's just ridiculous. Well, I mean, you want to add Lafreniere next to Nathan McKinnon and Nico Rantanen? I mean, I do, but it definitely doesn't feel fair. Well, I could definitely see where the rest of the Central Division might have an objection to that. Right, exactly. So, Especially St. Louis. St. Louis is going to be Z-snapping and saying, nah uh Well, I mean, the abs would be doing the same thing if he went to St. Louis, I'm sure. Absolutely. It's, but it would be tough, certainly, to to get the odds in a fair place. Yeah. And and I think that's where, uh, you know, the league has a precedent for this, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the lockout, the the full season lockout, where Sidney Crosby was the draft prize at the end of that season, the season that never happened. And 
they had they had a lottery in which you know they basically said you know x teams with this kind of a finish get four lottery balls you know so the bottom yep. teams bottom five teams get four lottery balls each and then progressively as you work your way through the league you know then the next group gets three balls and then the next group gets two and then the best teams in the league you know your top seven teams or whatever it ended up being uh they only get one lottery ball so and then you you just none of this none of these crazy combinations you know where you've got all this nonsense very straightforward like you got one ball it's got your logo on it they put it in the hopper and if that's the one that comes out number one then that's the one that comes out number one. Yeah. Uh, lottery ball teams, teams with one ball had 2% chance to win the first overall pick. Two balls, 4% chance. Three balls, 6% chance. Um, four teams had three balls. Looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams had two balls, and everyone else had one ball for the Crosby draft. I would make it a little. I, I would. Uh... I would I would make it a little weighted, uh, a little heavier, heavier weighted towards yeah, the top. For sure. So would I. But that's that's sort of the idea that I would go with. I think that if they don't award the Stanley Cup this year, that the lottery should be in play for all of them. We're, we've already watched, you know, Chicago barely misses the postseason. Dallas barely misses the postseason. They end yeah. up with the third overall pick. So what's the, you know, Carolina had a good year, uh, was a playoff competitive team and got Andre Svechnikov out of it. So what's, what's the issue here? I don't see where the downside would come in. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay with it going the, the full 31 team lottery there as long as it, it's decently weighted, as you said, um, my one reservation about it, I guess is what, I want the percentages for a team like Boston to be extremely low because yeah, they should be. I mean, we're talking like a, like a, like the, you listed off the person, like a 2% chance. Yeah. I mean, even that feels a little bit high to me, honestly, but Ed, that's your nitpicking there. And, and does it really matter? Because everyone knows Arizona's winning the lottery because that's what Taylor Hall does. Yeah. So Maybe well, it doesn't even matter. We you do it for I would do it for all the the top three picks like normal. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely as well. Like it would I, I would keep that part of it the same. Uh, and then after that, you know, that's where hey, if they lose, then you go by just standings order. Then it's Detroit and uh, I don't know who was second to last. Maybe Los Angeles or Anaheim. I honestly don't know. One of the two. New Jersey kind of went on a run at the end there. Yeah. Um, so Los yeah, so maybe it's Los Angeles at two, you know, whatever. But I do I do think that that would be appropriate. I think that would be a good idea. Um and because it's it is hard to it is hard to tell your contenders, hey, you guys spent a year spending money competing and actually going for the cup, but none of you got to even play for it, so sorry, and then you just kind of shrug? Like, no, I'm not about that. That's I think that's garbage. These teams are getting punished as it is and not, you know, punished. Like it's not, it's not anybody's fault, but if they, if they're insistent on not messing with next year's schedule at the sake of whatever happens this year happens. Yeah. Then you've got to, you've got to reward those teams in some way. You've got to give them some kind of a chance at something, you know, it's, Low percentages to win the Stanley Cup, but lower percentages for them to win the odds, uh, to win the to win the draft lottery. But at least give them an opportunity. It would be it would be nonsense to punish a team for having a good regular season when they didn't get to 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 translate that into the playoffs at all. So you could you could get into some pretty fickle things here. Uh, obviously, the NHL has talked about exploring any possible option of of playing the Stanley Cup playoffs, even if there's unique playoff formats. Take the Mm -hmm. top four teams in the league since they have their draft picks dropped in a usual year anyway Mm -hmm. uh, and have them play out a cup. Then do you do a lottery for the bottom 27 teams? Sure. I'm fine with that too. 
Okay. So and I'm I mean it's the same logic applied. Yeah, pretty much. The those so if it was the top four, it would be what Boston, Tampa Bay, Colorado, St. Louis. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Okay, so you play the two Western teams, two Eastern teams play each other, and then and then you, you know, have your final. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there's a big asterisk next to it, and there will be people. Oh, you didn't really earn it. You didn't really whatever. It wouldn't feel the same. That's for sure. But I, a cup's a cup, man. Exactly, and and the league will have awarded it, and yep. that's what everybody wants, right? We don't want, we don't want, you can't, we can't complain both about awarding it and not awarding it, right? You gotta pick one. Like we're in a we're in a world where this is a compromise situation, no matter what we do. So, my one reservation is that phrase said by the holders of the cup that if the NHL doesn't hold a competition, they could theoretically award it to any hockey team because it is was once upon a time a challenge cup. So I had a theory that DNVR could put together a ragtag group yes. of beer leaguers and just show up to an empty arena and, and win the cup. But <laughs> I'm about that. But if that's not Evan and JJ and Dario and Cole, yeah, exactly. And have them let let's get them awarded the cup. That'd be awesome. Make it happen. Put that in the bar as uh, the ultimate come and see. Oh, there you go. That that'd be the great reopening of the bar with the cup in it. Ooh, ooh. Hey NHL, call me. I got a plan. (laughs) That's right. We have a uh, we have a we have a way to not only award the Stanley Cup and have a feel good story, but also to stimulate the local economy, which it will badly need. Boom, solving the world's problems here on the TNVR Avalanche. What? Just put us in charge. We got this. <laughs> Easy money. Um. All right. I guess we can go ahead and wrap up the second period on that note. Hopefully our beer league team doesn't lose any teeth in this quest for the cup. But if they do, Green Mountain Dental Group will have their back and can take care of all of their dental needs. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Be sure to post that towards us at DNVR. Post it towards Green Mountain Dental Group. Let everybody know because we're just a big, happy family. Green Mountain Dental Group has been a longtime supporter of us here at DNVR. We want to show some love back. They are local, just 15 minutes from downtown over in Lakewood, so very easy to get to as well. And yeah, just go out and get your free Sonicare with that cleaning x-ray and exam. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ. So we've gone down this path. We've said, let's expand the draft to 31 teams in a world where the Avalanche win it. They end up somewhere in the top three. AJ, who you taking? Uh, Well, first overall, I'm taking Lafreniere. Agreed. I don't think there's any argument for anyone else at no. first overall. He's no. just too good. He he you take him and you drop him next to Nathan McKinnon next season. You don't mess around. Um you don't tinker with him in like, oh, should you could put him next to Kadri and he could work his way up because Burkowski or Landeskog are in me. No. I mean, does it even matter? Like I Avoid the the roster talk for everything out of these 10 seconds. But if you're talking about Lafreniere, McKinnon, Burkowski, and a second line of Ranton and Landeskog, Kadri, like any combination of those six is just stupid. It is. Uh, and then you're de- we're definitely not having any Taylor Hall conversations nope. in free agency. Nope. That's the abs are going to go dumb. in three cups in the next three years of Lafreniere's ELC is what's going to happen with that. I don't even. Yeah. I, yeah, I would have a boy. I would be so pissed if I was St. Louis, if that happened. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So certainly not much conversation. I think, is there any team in the league that wouldn't take Laffy first overall? I, I do think that there is a conversation. Um, for some teams. 
because of the winger. Exactly, because he's a wing, and I think that building through the middle is just, it's so vital. Yeah. That, you know, Byfield is widely looked at as the number two guy. He's a center. He's huge. He's He checks, the Byfield checks all of your franchise center boxes, right? The, Pretty much. The upside, the skating, the, the size, the position, all of that, like... He looks the part, plays the part, all of that. Like he it's it's a very easy Quentin Byfield is a superstar in the making, a franchise center. And I think if you were to go through uh the NHL, like if you were to go through the bottom teams, you could probably find one. Now I kind of just want to look at the standings real quick to see if there's one that jumps out. But I think you could probably find one that might say, hey, we might want the center. Like an L.A. looking to replace an aging Kopitar or something like that. Yeah, I mean, even you look at San Jose and you look at the strength right now for them is guys like uh, Meyer and Kane. Yep, on the wing. Yeah, of course, San Jose doesn't have their pick, so. Minor problem for them. (laughs) But this is also, you know, what if if San Jose they did get a first rounder uh, from Tampa Bay? So hey, if if we're talking about thirty one teams being available and San Jose gets that pick <laughs> yep. via Tampa Bay, how crazy would that be? Ottawa's never getting a break. <laughs> um, Ottawa, I think Ottawa because they're gonna they're in position to have two top five picks. You would just take yeah. life, or you would just take Lafreniere. Yeah, and then. And then, then you're just like plenty whatever. of centers down yeah. the line of exactly. You would you could just take the whichever center you were most comfortable with at the next pick. Um, I think Buffalo would probably be a Lafreniere one because putting him next to Eichel. Yeah, I think that one's pretty easy. Now Montreal is a really interesting one. Yeah, they could go center for sure. Because they have been, I mean, they went Kokaniemi at three. And that feels like it's got. (laughs) Yeah, I was concerned about that pick when they made it. Yeah, I mean, I love the player, but their handling of him since then has been questionable. Yep, definitely. Um, so that might be one where they would, they would be very tempted, I think, to take Byfield, especially if he knows 10 words in French. <laughs> there you go. You can speak the littlest amount of French and, and yeah. you're good in Montreal. It would be, I mean, Montreal passing up on Lafreniere though. Yeah. There's that no might cause riots. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it sounds you know, like Montreal, though. If you get you get down into it, like Arizona and Minnesota, both would I think have to strongly, strongly consider center as well. Yeah, but ultimately, like you're talking, Lafreniere is just such a special talent. And as I as I said to you before uh, we started recording this segment, he might be the best wing prospect to come into the NHL since Patrick Kane. Yep, and. I honestly had uh, no argument against that. The kid is is nutty. Yeah. He's an insane talent yeah. with basically no holes in his game. Right. So, so. <laughs> there's a reason that he's been number one in this draft class for three years. There's a reason we've been talking about him for three years. Uh, he's a, he's insane. Just insane. Yep. No he's argument basically there. basically everything that you could imagine. For a 17-year-old. Yeah. And, I mean, up to this point in his career, he's done everything. Yep. So, I guess he's 18 now. He's an early birthday. But... Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Um. Okay. So, number one, we're in agreement. Lafreniere and easy peasy. That would be if the abs were to win in this, this pie-in-the-sky scenario. Yeah, right. So, that's easy. It, it that's... gets interesting, though, when so, you get to number two. Yeah. Number two. Now, we talked about how Byfield is the consensus number two guy right now. He is. Is he the number two guy for Colorado? Um, Or do you try and get cute with it because you have Nathan McKinnon, so you don't need a franchise center the same way? You also have Alex Newhook, who just 
ate the NCAA alive. Right. If Newhook had a 20-point season, I don't think it's a conversation. Agreed. Five field. But with the year that Newhook just had, and there the is room believes, here. By the way, that Alex Newhook is a special prospect. Right. And not just a, hey, this is a good, we hope to get a top six guy out of him, like emerging as like a, this could be a blue chip prospect in which Colorado has two number one centers. Exactly. And when you have something like that, it, it opens up room to get cute with it. Um, I, I guess there's always the question of, do you have faith that someone like a Byfield could move to wing and then you just go absolutely insane and have Newhook and Byfield as your second line a couple of years down the line? Or, you know, Newhook is the one that moves to the wing where we we saw him do that uh, pretty successfully in the World Juniors last year, the World Championships last year. The, the sure, UAT. Either way, right. Uh, definitely less confident in Newhook on the wing after this college year. But sure. But sure, it can one of them move to wing and then you just have silly times. But if you're not confident in that, the, the question starts to become, who do you take here? Are, are you a believer in some of the Swedish wingers that are out there? I think we said before the show, as we were hashing this out a little bit, we're both very big fans of Cole Perfetti, even though he's I, a center as well. Yeah, I'm a big, big, big Cole Perfetti fan. So... Maybe there's a little bit more faith there in, in a player that could be a winger alongside Alex Newhook. Maybe, I, I don't know. Do you run the risk of being a little bit too small at that point? Um, yes. Fair enough. Like, you don't obsess over size, right? Like, we don't, we don't view yeah. it the same way that we used to. For sure. But when you're talking about Newhook, who's just, and like we talk, Newhook's not like a, small guy he's just on the smaller side right plenty big enough to play in the nhl but definitely if you make a line of three alex new hooks and the other team rolls out a grinder line of a bunch of six foot four guys they might have a bad time yeah yeah like there's 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 the concern about how well it's going to physically hold up across an entire season of course uh, and, and with Perfetti, cause Perfetti is on the smaller side as well. He is. And again, looks, not, yeah. not small. I'm not like, Oh, because like five ten one ninety is not like a miniature guy. Right. It's just not on the bigger side. It's you're going to worry about wear and tear on a guy that that, that is that size. Yeah. But 100% has the talent to play in the NHL will play in the NHL. I think you touched on the Swedish wings. How do you feel about them? Because I think those are the guys that really would have a, a an interesting conversation to be made uh, to to be had around their potential as well. Because wing, let's, let's be real, like wing would be where you would ideally want to use this pick if you're Colorado. Yeah, you you would much prefer to, to fill out that wing spot in the top six with Kadri already there and, and Newhook coming. Right. Um, it's I waffle on both of these kids a lot. I think most of the time I find myself coming back to Holtz as the one I have more interest in. Okay. Why you're are you a Raymond boy? Uh, I'm a neither. Neither fair. Um. But I like Raymond's profile better. Makes sense. See, I like Holtz's ability, uh, one, to finish, especially in tight. I think he fits more to what the Avs need if we're getting into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can be a third wheel on a line of a McKinnon and a Ranton, and that does a little bit of the dirty work a bit better. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I don't like his skating. As much. And I mean, that's what you're going to get when you're asking a guy to be a third wheel like that. Sometimes uh, it's, it's kind of just where I'm at with it. Um, Raymond is fine. Uh, I, I worry about him a little bit, kind of the same way with Perfetti and, and, and guys like that. And, you know, these, these guys could still fill out, but 
seeing he, him play. I think he has a real size issue in that he's very slight. Yeah, exactly. Where, like Perfetti is just cool. if Perfetti was six foot, we would not be having this conversation. But if he's more like five ten, and again, without the combine, this is hard. Yeah, right. Um, if there was but, a combine with real numbers and all of that. Yeah, be... but but Raymond's listed size of 5'10", 165 is a concern because that's very light. We talk we talk about uh, oh no, what will Tyler Weiss ever be able to fill out enough to to hold up physically in the pro game? Tyler Weiss was one fifty five, so you're talking about Raymond only has ten pounds on this guy, and you're talking about a fourth round pick versus a top ten pick, right? And that's really a concern when I when and and again you're talking about a wing here. This is a guy you're putting on the wall in Raymond, uh, so he's gonna have to hold up. You know, you can't you can kind of hide a little bit when you're a center. You can play kind of a softer game if you're a yeah. smaller guy, but on the on the wall you've got you've got to learn how to survive. You've got to you know Martin Saint Louis. You know that's obviously an extreme example. Johnny Gaudreau of like small guys. Uh, Cole Caulfield is going to have that challenge. Uh, DeBrincat has that challenge, you know. So yeah. we've seen smaller guys be successful, but those are also. I just I just rattled off a, a grip of high end offensive players, and I don't know that I I believe that Raymond has that. I don't think I don't necessarily know about how yeah. high end the offense actually is. I like his skating. I like his all around. I like the work ethic. I like I like those things about his game. Um, I don't, I've never really been sold on his ability to produce in as like a 70 point guy in the NHL. Honestly, I'm not sold on either of them being that. No, not at all. Uh, my, my concern is does Raymond become a top six or bus type much like new hook? I don't think so. Um, because I think he's already developed a, a solid all around game where new hook is, still working on that. That's a, it's a big aspect of why I think him going back for a sophomore year is uh, a very good thing for him because he still has a lot of work in his own end Uh, with Raymond. I think that he's, he already works hard in that area and he already has kind of a, a a sandpaper element to his game. So I'm, I'm more comfortable with Raymond as a as a two way guy today than I am with a guy like Newhook, uh, where I think it's still very much a work in progress. I think that if Raymond's offense does not uh, come along in the NHL, I think he could be a middle six guy. I think uh, I do believe I do believe he has that. But we're talking about the second or third overall pick here. Um, I'm. I'm yeah. not having that conversation. To be honest, I'm not going to have that conversation with either one of those guys. Um, I think I think my my personal per- preference would be Lafreniere, Perfetti, and then Byfield, with uh, Tim Stutzel being the fourth guy on my list. I I love Stutzel. Yeah, I'm not nearly as big a fan of Stutzel, but I, I had Perfetti at three behind Byfield, but I think you might be able to convince me to take him at two especially if there's a belief there that he can be a winger yeah one um we've already gotten into this uh, a little bit but the the, the last conversation i want to have uh about the, the the two guys yeah do you do you do what you did last year and you pass up on forwards entirely and just say hey we're just gonna take the top defenseman available again and go with jamie drysdale and adam to bowen byram Adam to kill McCarr and Sam Gerard and probably make Connor Timmons expendable at that point. Yeah. I, if you're doing that, I think Timmons is uh very, very expendable. Basically. Um, I don't know that the abs should, uh, I know you're a big Drysdale fan. I'm not as sold on him. Um, as I don't think he's the caliber of player that even a Byram is. I would agree. So I'm a little apprehensive of taking him in the top three. If the abs get the third pick in this fantasy land, I I think I'd probably lean towards just take Byfield or Perfetti, who was ever there. I think that him being right-handed makes it interesting because it's easy to just pair up. Yeah. You go Byram and, and Makar, and then you would go Gerard and Drysdale. 
Yeah, that, that I mean that would be silly if they hold on to Timmons. You have him on the third pairing. Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, EJ might be gone at that point. But whatever. Yeah. I mean, uh, size would be the again. You'd be having a size conversation because Drysdale's not a big guy either. Your biggest yeah. guy would be uh, in that top four would be Byram, which is definitely. And I mean, Makar has no problems with his size. Sure. Um, Gerard. Yeah, maybe a little bit. He understands how to play around it. Right. There are limitations presented by Gerard's size. Like, he cannot engage physically unless it's yep. to Brent Cat, in which case he turns into a bully. <laughs> Face puncher all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Um, so, I wouldn't hate it. Assuming the Avs pick where I expected them to at 24 or something, I want them to take a D there. So I guess I can't really argue against them taking it at three. I just don't know if there's significantly better talent, it feels like, at at forward at that point. Yeah, that would feel like getting cute. Yeah. And if you were going to get cute, would you not at least want to have the Yaroslav Askarov conversation? The the top (laughs) goaltending prospect, arguably a better goaltending prospect than Spencer Knight last year. Could be the could be a top five prospect in a in a draft that has a ton of talent in it. I mean, I'm against picking goalies in the top five no matter what. So I wouldn't have that conversation. But if you're a believer, if you think he's the next carry price when price was still good or whatever. I mean, if you think that you're gonna get a Hall of Fame caliber goaltender out of this kid and that he can be I mean, he's got great size, he's done it at every single level. Uh I mean, as a as a seventeen year old goaltender, made his K uh, played in the KHL this year. He did, he like had a pretty solid game. Yeah, like it makes you think, right? Like you've got to, and then you look at the numbers that he has put up every at every international competition he's played. Yeah, I mean, he's played extremely well. I just don't trust goaltending as a whole. It just, just, but this is where, this is where, and I think the only reason that I'm bringing this up and having this conversation is this is where Colorado is in a unique position to not care about that because they've got a franchise center. They've got arguably two, depending on what happens with new hook. They've got arguably two franchise defensemen in Byram and McCarr with a very high level guy in Gerard right next to him. And so I, I think that Askarov at least presents an intriguing conversation if they were at three, if you're, if they were at three and Lafreniere and Byfield are both gone. I mean, me, I'm, I'm freaking out because it's, it's Cole Perfetti time, but yeah, I could see where they, if they, if they said, Hey, we love Spencer Knight last year. We didn't get a chance to take him. We ended up with new hook instead. We're perfectly happy with that. Fate has bestowed upon this, this absurd opportunity Let's just take this guy and let's complete the dynasty. And because if that guy kind of comes in and he's a high level starter at age 21 and you get him through his entire twenties and you know, a Russian kid, Colorado is very comfortable in that space has had a lot of Russians in the last few years. I would hope has a good reputation with Russian players on the whole. Given the think. given yeah. the opportunities that they've given them and the successes that they've had, I would yeah. feel like it would have to be a city that has a good reputation for the Russians right now. And so, getting him to come over and be a part of the organization, et cetera, et cetera, I think it could be interesting in this in this again pie in the sky where they get the third pick. Right i I could definitely see the the allure. Uh, it wouldn't be the like total worst thing in the world if, if they did that. But I think there's just a few too many ifs there for me personally with a goaltender. You know, you're asking a a player that plays a position that is total voodoo to be ready in a couple of years to be your dynasty goaltender for the next decade. That the carry price couldn't even do that. So you're asking just so, so much there. Without Jerry Price had injury issues that he did that and, really, and you can't predict those, right? Exactly, and you know you're asking a, a guy to take a bunch of pucks to his body and face and and arms, and they're going to get hurt sometimes. So 
their knees go quick because of the butterfly. I, I just don't have faith in goaltending consistency to be willing to do it in the top three, certainly, let alone the top five. And I'm sure, uh, JJ and Jeremy will come yell at me in the comments or something about that, but, uh, it is what it is. If they did it, I, I'd be okay with it. It would. There's logic to it. Right. I can, I can understand the logic. I just, it's too, too high risk for me. And it would really, really hurt to pass on Cole Perfetti and watch him go to Minnesota or something. And, and yeah, like, and just tear it up. <laughs> Going to need those franchise defensemen now. All right. Any final thoughts here on this this fantasy lotto, AJ? Yeah, I'm just reiterating that I love Cole Perfetti. And I would probably take him ahead of Byfield. There you go. Perfetti at two, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of the Avalanche Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow post-game for Game 4 of the 01 Cup Finals. Be sure to tune into that. As StravaCraft says, drink deeply, live fully, and draft well in the top five. StravaCraft Coffee is the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. You can now purchase it in K-Cups if you have a Keurig or the original whole bean or ground options as well. You can get 20% off when you use code DNVR, and they have a bunch of places in and around Denver that you can try it. Obviously, these days, that's a little bit tough to get to, but you might be able to pick some up here and there. The CBD is non-psychoactive but it helps long-term migraines, decrease anxiety, arthritis, IBS. If you're at home dealing with this quarantine and you need to take a bit of a load off, it could really help you out. Again, just use code DNVR20 when you buy it online to get 20% off and get it shipped to your door. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche. Please.